<laughs> it's not like we script this or anything. Walking to a bar. I'm your host, Jay. We don't need no education, Stooksbury. And with me is my co-host, Ty, Sunday school dropout, Gallenbeck. <laughs> yes. And today, we are going to discuss the recent college admissions scandal that's been hitting the news. That's right. Um, which, this is a topic that's pretty close to home for you as you yes. worked in college admissions for a while. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into that, we've got to talk about what we're drinking tonight. Absolutely. Uh, and so we are drinking. We're, I'm in the middle of trying to get ready for a fundraising dinner uh, that we're pairing a bunch of cocktails with stuff. So this is one of the experiments. And so this is a Cap Hills Farms. Um, Cap Hill Rock. Now I forgot what the gin's called. Uh-oh. Shoot. <laughs> um, but it's a gin and raspberry lime gimlet thing that, yeah, it's getting there. Yeah, it's it's good. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I uh, I like gin and I like, like the twist of lime because it always kind of reminds me of spring and summer and it's kind of a nice kind of fruity refreshing drink so that is i could see myself killing a few of these on the porch this summer that's yeah for sure yeah so. you, you i think you're there we're gonna yeah yeah yeah. So, yeah so that's what we're sipping on tonight uh and we're in a new space yeah you know we keep upgrading we're, we're getting closer so. yeah the fun part is figuring out sound and all the new rooms we keep moving on so <laughs> you hear like Click, click, click. It's the dog walking on the new flooring. But, yeah. No, yeah. it looks really good. So Yeah. So for those that can't see what we're looking at, we're, we've moved out of uh, Ty's kind of like quasi family room, whatever you'd call it. Den, bar. Something. something. Yeah. Multi-purpose room. <laughs> uh, and we've moved into what I'm assuming is to be his future office yep. slash man cave, uh, <laughs> complete with Nice plush chairs that we're sitting in, uh, a ping pong table, poker table. You know, every every guy's wet dream is right <laughs> right in here too. So that's right. And and there was a gauntlet thrown down recently about some ping pong games that we're gonna have yeah. to hash out. I was so. kind of sad that it's not up. I was kind of halfway expecting if we oh. ran out of material to just to play, start playing a game. Well, we may we may have to bust it out after we're done here, and yeah, we'll see. You know, <laughs> which side wins the yeah. eternal debate over <laughs> ping pong. <laughs> As all good uh, religious discussions are settled, I think that's right. You yeah. know, we haven't figured out how to solve everything via podcast, so yeah. Ping we'll do pong it on a ping pong table. Yep, yep. I, I think that's what our supreme being would want. <laughs> All right. So, how about you lay a little foundation background, sure. maybe for people um, who aren't in the know on this topic? Yeah. So, uh, like you said, this is something that's kind of near and dear to me. I was in college admissions um, for about five years, and it's. For those of us who have been on the inside of college admissions, this is no surprise to us what happened. Um, so the backdrop of the story involves one man named William Singer, who uh, served as a um, sort of like college counselor slash uh, higher education consultant. Um, and this is actually a pretty uh, common profession all across the the country. So there's all sorts of people who uh, families hire to get um, better placement into college. You know, they they help counsel them through the the application process. They help them navigate financial aid. Um, And there's a whole network of people who are separate from college admissions who you think college admissions are getting into college and paying for college tuition is expensive. These people charge extra on top of that. So it's these people kind of hide in plain sight. Um, 
But this guy in particular took it to an extreme that a lot of, of uh, us or, um, that have worked in college admissions nef- not necessarily have seen before. So, But we're, not again, not surprised by it. Right. So and it's hard to go into a lot of detail about it because it's such a wide network of practices and people that he leveraged to do this. But he essentially had... Uh, um, a network of college professionals that he was able to bribe um, to fast track certain students through the admissions process, usually through the the um, school's um, sports program, coming up with fake student athlete profiles and getting these kids through the process. And uh, a lot of these kids too would find out after the afterwards that they were signed up for a sport that they didn't even know about. You know, they're they're sitting down with their advisor, and the advisor says, "Oh, I see you're on the rowing team." And they said, "Uh, what? <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. And so I can't swim. Yeah, exactly. And there's all these there's there's a lot of kids who are involved with this that had no idea what was going on. Um. And then there was also his practices of uh, uh, basically doctoring um, test scores, where he either had somebody sit down and take a test for another student, um, or also would uh, abuse the um, the medical exemptions for students who have learning disabilities, so they get extra time on tests. Um, or he would also have people. Uh, he'd also have a, a network of proctors that he was able to bribe to change test answers for certain students as well. Um, so, like, the, this whole network was just insane. Um, and basically, he got caught. And to uh, alleviate his charges that would be filed against him for fraud and all those types of charges, um, he agreed to go through the sting operation of getting all these parents who uh, he helped their students bribe their way into college. And uh, what I think is kind of funny about it too, is called, uh, uh, Oh crap. I think I forgot the name of it already. Um, What's the, what's the name of the movie about high school football? Um, Friday night. Lights. Yeah. There. Yeah. So yeah, he, he bait, that was the name of like the operation for it. Like it, it was like some reference to that. Uh, and he, uh, he basically took down all these parents that were willing to, uh, and, you know, basically agree to what he was offering as services. And so many of them were just idiots. Like, they they were agreeing to you know uh, setting up these uh, uh, they were basically approving all the fake student profiles um, via email. Which if you're going to go into any sort of <laughs> any sort of questionable enterprise, any sort of questionable activity, don't do it over email. No, this no. is just your. I'm not a lawyer, but <laughs> avoid paper trails. Yeah, that's your biggest you thing. It's like criminal activity 101. Right. Like, yeah. Like and, and you know. Uh, don't don't uh, don't live stream the crime spree, right? right. Like, don't put it on Facebook Live. So, yeah. and he caught a lot of people, you know, and he caught a lot of high profile people too. Yeah. You know, he there, caught, caught some big names on the list. Yeah, yeah, he caught Aunt Becky, right, <laughs> from Full House. Crushed my childhood perception of. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's a pretty. Uh, pretty big story in terms of just the whole scope of it. You know, like these are people that are paying um, hundreds of thousands of dollars for these particular services. I think there was one story of someone paying up upwards of half a million dollars. Yeah. I think Aunt Becky's payment is yeah. recorded as being 500,000. Yeah. So. And as, as we're recording this, the indictments are actually coming down right now. Um, for these people that have, have been caught red-handed um, going through this whole process, so yeah, it's a it's a pretty um, it, it's it's hard to say like where uh, more of the details will come out during the trials, obviously, right. and how much of this is an indictment of uh, the higher education system. But I've always been you know pretty skeptical of of 
what happens behind the scenes, you know, because when you work in college admissions, you, you get to see how the sausage is made, and it's not always a pretty sight. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those where nobody's going, oh, I'm shocked. Yeah. Like, it's more, maybe there's some shock to the numbers. Yeah. How many people, and maybe a shock to... Um, the amounts that were being paid, but I'm not even sure that's going to make people blink. It's more of like a, oh, hey, you guys finally figured this out? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's always been kind of a implicit understanding that there's there's kind of two tracks of, of uh, higher education, and one of them is uh, one that's strictly dedicated to, um, to a well-off, rich, elite sort of class of people. Um, and for those, the, the old school way of doing it is that your daddy would donate a bunch of money for the science building or new dormitory and then would get an honorary degree and then you'd become a legacy student and then you'd get special consideration during the admissions process. And that's how, that's how we did it in the old days. You know, that's (laughs) how we bribed them schools in the old days. Um, so there's always been that element of there's there are certain students who kind of like sneak through the cracks, you know. Right. I think what's even just weirder about this too is that, you know, these are people that are paying a lot of money to still pay tuition afterwards. Like right. they didn't secure like merit scholarships or yeah. anything like that. So they're paying half a million dollars so that they can pay another half a million dollars in tuition and in room and board and fees. and So they can say their kid went to XYZ. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, uh, so what is it? I mean, th- there is definitely part of me that goes like, well, we knew this was happening. Mm-hmm. You, you know <laughs> people are going to do that. Like, I mean, the reality is it happens on a smaller scale at every kind of schooling level, you know, yep. like, elementary schools like I'll volunteer to bring in cupcakes and like you know if my you know and they're not pushing for grades or anything like that but you know they're trying to play the game sure um and when you're in college you know you know that certain athletes got special privileges and right like the school that I went to um we actually kind of shared campuses with a larger school Cal State Fullerton um, and their athletes were able to use like our lunch facilities and stuff <clears> like that. And so you got to meet some of them and you know, like there's some special treatment going on. Like sure. that, that's not hidden. Um, so what is it about all of this coming out and being like, okay, no, it really is happening that for someone in your position is so frustrating. Um, well, I think for starters, uh, I feel really frustrated that I was never bribed. <laughs> you know, I worked there, just toiled away in college admissions, and I ne- I think the most I ever got was maybe an, an offer for like a discount at the family-owned taco shop or something. But Man. yeah, I never never was offered anything big. But you, you should have went into tried to upgrade your schools and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I, I didn't go to a really selective school, so that's probably my. My problem too. Um, I think the the most jarring thing um, for a lot of folks in this is that I think people do, regardless of their hangups with um, kind of what's wrong with higher education, is that they still see this as kind of the the genuine path, right? Like if if we want to improve the world you have to do it one kid at a time through education and so there's always this there's always a big hype about making sure that kids have the opportunity to get the best education they have or you know made available to them um so even despite all of the shortcomings of the system um people this is always like the the archetype right like this is something that politicians grasp at, you know, whenever they want to talk about how do we make um, work opportunity better for young people, they always focus on education, right. you know, and there's a, that's another conversation, too, about whether college is the right one or if trade school's right or a mixture of all those options. Yeah. That's another conversation. 
but I think people genuinely think that you know if uh, if you um, want the best path for kids it's through some sort of post-secondary options. Right. Um, and so whenever that that viewpoint about these options are out there and how the system works or doesn't work, um, something as big as this story kind of really taints the way people think about that institution. Right. And I think right now we're at a point where a lot of institutions are kind of being really pushed towards their breaking points, you know, and that's another conversation, right. <laughs> uh, one we had with about immigration and things like that. Um, so I think a lot of people feel there's kind of an anxiety about it that's really uncomfortable for them, you know. And uh, and I do think even other college admissions professionals who are not as jaded as I am, you know, like there's I still have a lot of friends who are still doing admissions and they're lifers, you know. And they agree with me. Like I can sit at a bar with them and have drinks and they'll they'll nod their heads with me saying like, yeah, that is crap, yeah. Yeah, that I don't like that, but they're still genuinely dedicated to the mission of their institution. So, and they do see it as something very altruistic, right? Right. Um, so, those are the ones that are probably hit even harder by it because this is all stuff that's is fallout on them. Like it makes them look bad, you know? Because right. then everybody starts questioning the institution, and then they start questioning, well. It, it's happened in so many different places. I bet it's happened here, you know? Right. So it, it questions the whole credibility of the system as a whole. So yeah. I think that's daunting for a lot of people to really wrap their heads around. I mean, the reality is it probably has happened there. Whether it's yeah. those people or sure. not, it, it, sure. it probably is happening. And I think for me, as I think about like, okay, what what's the real impact of this like mm -hmm. what's the negative side like obviously these people are using money and power to navigate a system mm -hmm. um, but I think what concerns me the most about it is like in a lot of these schools these students who are getting this privilege are taking the place of other students who could have possibly deserved to be there. Sure. Because a lot of them, you know, are tough to get into. Um, you're kind of saying that with like a, well, I don't know if that's true. Well, so, okay, so admissions isn't as as zero sum as a lot of people think. Um, it It's definitely super competitive. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's it, it depends on school by school. But there's always this assumption that, if one kid gets a seat in the classroom, that's denying another kid. You know, like it's this, this total zero sum sort of formulation, and it's not. It's not always that case. Like uh, all schools have enrollment goals. You know, like they have like their their ultimate plan, what they'd really like to see in terms of maximum amount of number um, of you know full tuition payments versus the discounted ones, and it's a really convoluted. Um, uh, formula for each school but uh those goals are always in the margins right like there's no way that you can totally predict that you will enroll 500 students 1500 students whatever the case may be well except the schools we're talking about are like the top echelon right like, yeah so they they probably are hitting these numbers oh and they and they could so they they're able to really pick and choose right right but they still do have margins like okay. it's you know they have some fudge room uh and it, it depends on each school but if it's if it's one kid that went through this process um that doesn't necessarily mean that it took away from another kid like okay. if they if they can squeeze one more in they always can so um so that's just one of my own little myth things I always like to bring up but you're right though like there there are probably if it's a if it's if it's bigger than what we're knowing about now. Like Which if it's, you know it is. Yeah, most right. likely. Like, <laughs> yeah, and you're right. There are probably more well-deserving students that are being displaced because of that. Um, and I think that's another frustrating thing about the whole admissions process is that there is always a preference and there's always room being made for what are considered full tuition students. So right. the kids that can write the whole check for $50,000 a year versus the discount rated students who are the ones that are receiving some sort of need-based or merit-based scholarship. So 
Um, I ran into this when I was working. There was always one kid who applied after the deadline, uh, who had legacy marked off on his application. And so you have to instantly go and talk to public affairs and fundraising and get the background of who their legacy of and how much money did they donate. (laughs) And that, and that that's frustrating that that gets taken into consideration. Um, But again, I, I didn't work at a super selective school, so it wasn't like, we were always just like eager to get like one more student in there if we could. Right. So, so what is the impact of this? I mean, I like really right now I'm like, so what? Sure. Like they're kind of like, okay, if it didn't impact students getting in there and these kids are getting preference to get in there. Yeah. It, you know, it may shape, the job they can get after school and sure it could shape some of those things, but I'm trying to see like, so what, what is the larger ripple effect of this? I don't know if we really will ever know what that is because I think it's so like case by case, right? Um, it depends on how culpable are the kids in the process, you know, cause there's some kids that are currently under investigation by their schools. Um, there are some that have already been expelled. There are some that are like being denied, um, you know, re-enrollment. Um, and I don't know what that will look like, you know, in the future for them. I think for those that have uh, been expelled, obviously that's that that's a pretty dark thing to get because that's something that shows up on their record. You know, that's something right. that if they are trying to transfer to another school that conversation has to be coming up because they are required to turn in their transcripts from the previous school. Um, And, you know, there's going to be something on their documentation that alludes to an expulsion and they're going to have to speak to that. And as soon as they speak to that, everyone's like, Oh, you're one of those kids. Yeah. So, uh, and then it turns back to the other schools. Like, what do you, what, if you're not involved, what do you do with these kids that are trying to, you know, go back through the school system that they kind of navigated through unethically before, you know, right. do they want to be attached to that? I don't, I do doubt it. it. Yeah. You know, like colleges and uh, most, most of these types of institutions are super sensitive about what public relations looks like. So anything that could be like a potential nightmare like that, like colleges want to stay out of the news. Like that's yeah. their ultimate goal. I mean, it's big business. It is big business. When it comes down to it. Yeah, it really is. I, I actually, I wrote an article about how it's actually sleazier than um, being a used car salesman <laughs> than being used in uh, admissions. So yeah, it's uh, so I, what, what the ripple effects will look like. Um, I also, that depends on what, um, how the individual schools respond to it, right? Because there are uh, professionals among them that helped facilitate this, right? Right. And there are coaches that are already being fired, coaches that are under investigation. Um, But a lot of these things, like, it takes a lot of people to make that happen. Like, it's... it's, uh, uh, The admissions process for a lot of these schools are so much by committee that... I find it really hard to believe that there's like one individual who's solely responsible for it. Like there's, there's some, some systemic issues in each of these schools that I'm sure they're going to, as the investigation moves forward, they're going to find out it can go as high as to the the president of the university or to the board of trustees. So um, these are all still things yet to be seen, but I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. I mean, I feel like, well, this guy, you know, made the deal to sell out all these other people. There, there's no way these coaches and mm-hmm. you know the proctors for the exam and all that right. are not going to be giving up whoever the yeah is part of that with them. Yeah, these aren't like hardened criminals no. that <laughs> have like some street code that they're not going to snitch. These no. are all like urban professionals that are like, oh, I'll definitely flip. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's move on as quickly as possible. Yeah, so I think that's actually one one thing that makes the story even more interesting is that there's still yet to be seen about how far this goes, you know, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, there are 
um, financial ties to each of those institutions too that might, you know, potentially set themselves up for liability from a legal perspective too, you know? So I don't, I don't necessarily think that would mean that they're going to be, you know, shut down or anything like that because they, colleges are these like islands of wealth that right. can really absorb any sort of fine that you throw at them, but there'll still be fallout, you know, when the next admission cycle comes through, you know, uh, colleges are just obsessed with how prestigious they are. Right. And the, uh, the second that, that, that prestigious quality is coming to question, you have absolutely just devastated their admissions pool for the next year. You know, um, you can look at like everything, like what happened with fallout from, uh, Duke with the whole lacrosse uh, rape scandal and everything like that. You can see, uh, documented drops in admissions and uh, applications the following year for those types of schools. Like I said, they're so risk averse when it comes to these types of um, types of events that uh, because of that type of result, you know, right. because there's a funnel to it, right? Like they, 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 unfortunately they see all these kids as dollar signs, right? Mm-hmm. And they have an application pool. And if that, that application pool dwindles, that means there will be less to apply, less to be admitted, less to be enrolled, less money to make. Right. So their ultimate goal is to always bolster and always be that that uh, that destination that everybody really wants to go to. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Oh, absolutely! And these schools that are involved are definitely the schools that are competing at that level for that title of the prestigious, Mm -hmm. you know, universities. Um, And I think it'll be interesting to see how far that ends up spreading throughout all these universities. Yeah. So, and I think uh, this brings up a kind of a separate point too, is what's the, the big push for this is this mystique of, of prestige. Um, Like the, the, the families that are involved with this are, and I'm, I I don't want to try to um, uh, scapegoat them or try to make any assumptions, but a lot of the time these are folks that are really concerned about the conversations they have at their country club, right? Right. Like, Oh, little Johnny is now at Stanford, you know, those types of conversations. Um, And this is a conversation too, that happens in you know, all classes of life. Like there's this, uh, this really weird obsession of parents that they place upon kids and live vicariously through the accomplishments of their kids that somehow validates their parenting, or I don't know what it is. And I don't know if I'll run into that when our kids are college bound or college age, you know? Well, I think that like as parents, we want, to see our kids exceed what we've been able to accomplish. Sure. Um, and I think in these cases, the way the parents have found that to be an option is basically to buy it. Right. Um, they're not, you know, it's not through anything else, but they are trying to push that forward for mm-hmm. their student and in some cases they're not going to exceed you know their accomplishments but they're trying to propel them in that direction at least yeah and i don't know like i i still like when you say we they want them to exceed um i think that that might be more the case for folks like us like more just middle class and it's definitely lower class folks that really want to see uh especially if they're first generation students um, doing better than what they're doing. And, but for this particular group of people, like if you wanted these kids to, uh, to, to do better than them, I guess, why not just give them the money? Like, honestly, <laughs> like, like if you, if these are kids that are like college is not the right path for them, uh, and you are still invested in them being successful, like maybe they have a business idea that they want you to invest in or something like that. Like it just to me, it seems like there's this weird, uh, 
obsession with trying to get into these elite schools and uh and it's more of just like a kind of like a notch on the bedpost yeah, for it's like a bragging right yeah I yeah i see that i could see that so you you told me before we started this that you have a solution yeah for this problem yeah are we to that point right I, now well i mean I, we'll see how it goes but okay. I, I think we can as we're wrestling with this, we might as well come up with a solution okay. for how to... And are you talking, you having a solution for the entire college admissions issue? Or is it, it narrower? Uh, hmm. <laughs> I want to think about how to answer that very correctly. Uh, I would say it's not an, an answer for the entire process, but... Uh, but I do think it is a an interesting proposal that might address a lot of and God, I'm I'm already backpedaling on it. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it it's it's mostly just me kind of spitballing something. So all right. Uh, so normally for these episodes, we 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 try to talk about something that, that's a problem and. We try, yeah, we try to come up with a quirky. Yeah, we try to come up with a quirky thing. We solve real world problems like what to do with <laughs> toilets and parking and things Don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see the last episode for yeah. a good time. Um, and so the but but for this one, this is kind of an idea that I've been kicking around for a little bit. Um, so there's always been kind of this implicit understanding that there's a path for the rich and a path for everybody else for college admissions. Um, and at the end of the day, I am, I'm a capitalist. I'm a pure capitalist. And when, uh, so I'll give you a little, little back, uh, backstory. Um, whenever I've done freelance work and I've given out, like I've always kicked around, okay, how do I price this? How do I price this? You know, if I price it too high, they're going to go, no, you're, you're not worth it. You know? And if I price them too low, then I set myself up for failure, you know? And so it's always this balancing act. Right. And whenever I've sent out a, a, a proposal to someone and they respond instantly, I always go, dang it. I missed out on I should have priced them higher. Yeah. I should have priced them higher, you know? Yeah. And I do that. I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible, I'm a capitalist, but I'm a terrible business person. <laughs> um, so there's definitely those moments. And I, I felt that when I heard this story where I said, holy cow, these people are willing to pay $500,000 for one seat, you know, and we're going to charge them 50000 for it. So here's my proposal. 90-10 rule. Uh, 10% of, en- of uh, enrollment can be bought off, <laughs> out for auction, okay. put on eBay. All right. 10% of admission seats for a college can just be sold off to the highest bidder. So you have Stanford saying, I've got, uh, you know, let's, pro- their enrollment's probably something like 1,000. You know, they say, I've got uh, 100 seats that are just up for, up for bid. Highest bidder and go through it one through 100. Right. All of that money, all that extra money, you know, because these people are going to be charged, you know, fifty thousand dollars in tuition for, for one pop. So the way, again, let me backdrop, backstep again. The way colleges pay for, um, for more of their needs-based and merit-based scholarship is through what they call the discount rate. So the more people that you have paying full tuition, the more that you can offer. A discount for so when they okay. when people are offered yeah. a scholarship they're not really given money by the school they're just given a discount right so they don't they don't get a check from the school that says here's a ten thousand dollar scholarship what they do is they get a tuition bill that's ten thousand dollars less right so all that extra money that all these people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for goes into paying for the scholarship funds for the ninety percent right and I guarantee you that the amount of money that you can, the amount of ex- excess revenue that you generate from that 10% that you put on eBay <laughs> could more than afford to pay for the other 90% of, of more deserving, better equipped, and more academically 
you know, prone students would be in that larger pool. Right. All right. I I can see the effect of this. He, here's where I played devil's advocate slightly. Okay. Because you have already made the statement that there are always extra seats. So now that 10% is a very wide sliding scale. Fair enough. Yeah. Where yeah. basically you're just going to turn it into... Yeah. 15, 20%, 20, yeah, yeah. 25 the next year. Yeah. yeah that's a very fair. However many people want to pay for it. Sure. And sure. I mean, I guess that becomes... Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know if yeah, that's a I don't bad know either. thing. We're but, living in, in total hypothetical utopia right now, too, right. where everybody acts exactly as to plan. So, <laughs> they well, are, yeah. And I'm curious, like, I think the whole higher education model is going to be shifting dramatically in the next 10 to 20 years. I would agree Anyways, with that. Yeah. So, yeah. this could be an interesting scenario to come back to when we're doing whatever the next version of podcast is yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. Um, I do think it'll be different than what we see now. I hope so, actually, because I think it's it's at a breaking point right now that I, I don't see it. I don't see it as sustainable, right. you know? Um, and I think that a lot of people right now are seeing how unsustainable it is and um, a lot of the narrative has been really pushing college for every student. Everybody has to get a college education and then everybody got a college education. And then we found out that when everybody has a college education, it's worthless. Like right. it, so, uh, and also as a secondary effect, there's been wide open market in the trades market. Right. I was going to say, and now we need plumbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now, so there's these options for kids that are not college material, but they can make uh, a very healthy income um, without going into a lot of debt for it either. It, no debt sometimes, yeah. you know. And um, so I do think that, you know, there needs to be a balanced approach to it. Like, uh, I think probably one of the best models out there is Germany. Like, it's not perfect. There's no perfect system. But they do a really good job of providing those two pathways, right? Like if you are more of the liberal arts student, that pathways for you. But if you are looking like you're going to go into the workforce, there's apprenticeships and all that sort of training that goes into electrician, plumbing, all that type of work too. And people can be genuinely happy in all those different efforts. And I think that's one of the things that one of my big takeaways as far as how I raise my kid is really trying to make sure that I lay out all the options right. for him and what, whatever he chooses, you know, that's, that's fine. And I'll always support him, but I don't think that narrative has been, um, very consistent for a lot of kids these days. Yeah. Like there's been a really big push for them that college is their only option. Right. Well, I can already see a change from when I was in high school to the students I'm working with now. Like, there was never any talk about, like, not wanting to have student loans. Right. Like, that was, yeah, you're going to have student loans. Like, that's what you do. Like, yeah. it was just a thing. And so many of the students now are like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to go into debt for, mm -hmm. to go to school. I'm going to do it this way or, yeah. you know, change the view. And I think... I think it's almost swung to the other side where kids are using that as a cop out. Yeah. Like to get out of it. Like, sure. oh, I'm not going to go to school because I don't want to have student debt. Right. No, you don't want to go to school because you don't want to go to school. Yeah. Um, but there is definitely, you know, that pendulum will come back to the middle where there is just a broader viewpoint on how this all works. Yeah. And I think, I think we're kind of hoping that happens in all walks of life. Like yeah, that's kind of what we're going for. Well, but, and I think we're both of us as parents are hoping that it happens soon too, because I don't want to pay tuition. <laughs> Good lord! No. Like just even the trajectory of it, you know. Like, uh, I was sitting down with a financial planner about what 
college would cost if it continued in terms of the same <laughs> rate of inflation. And yeah, no, like I can't even like put a second mortgage on my house to pay for a year. You know, right. it's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm glad my oldest daughter is brilliant so she can just get scholarships. Future betcher right here. That's that's, yeah. that's our plan. Or, or she'll be one of the 90% right. that gets fully subsidized by the rich bratty 10%. 10%. Yes. Yeah. You or 15 gotta, or 20. <laughs> You just got to figure out how to push that through the system. Yeah. Actually, becomes the way. Yeah. I'm going to send this podcast to To every admissions office. No, I'm going to send it to every presidential candidate. Ooh. You know? All right. Start seeing if they were willing to pitch it. Yeah. You know? I doubt it. Yeah. I was like, I don't (laughs) think I'm going to put a lot of stock in that. Well, it doesn't involve reading, so Trump might be interested in it. Uh, it doesn't, so we're, we're, it's at least a start there. Yeah, that's right. You can just listen. Listen, <laughs> listen to 40 minutes of us. But we have to put it on Fox News for him to really get his attention. Yeah, otherwise we're going to be fake news. Like yeah. Else. So. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in again. Um, it has been so fun to start seeing feedback and people interacting with the conversation yeah um and just you know sending emails and messages and all that kind of stuff so keep Keep them coming yeah keep doing that send ideas for shows different things like that um the news provides a plethora but we also want to know what you guys are talking about and what debates are going on and stuff like that um Find us on all your podcast providers. Leave reviews on all those places. Including iTunes. iTunes. We fixed it. Woo! I say we. <laughs> Jay, Jay fixed everything. Uh, but, begrudgingly. Yes. yes. <laughs> he was pissed that whole day. But, oh, but man, once it's done, it feels so good. That's right. So we are back on iTunes. We are down for like four hours. Um, and we can you can actually leave reviews again because there was a period where that wasn't possible. So yeah. uh, make sure to share us with your friends, uh, all those kind of things. And until next time, Jay, sign us off. You're listening to a Christian and an atheist walk into a bar where we solve the world's problems one adult beverage at a time. Cheers. Cheers.